Hello everyone and welcome to the Rabisha Tennis Podcast. My name is Alicia. And I'm Rob, we're from Canberra, Australia. I first got into watching tennis back in 1979. I was out with my father at someone's house and I was allowed to stay up late that night and I was watching oh, wow. Wimbledon. Beyond Borg versus Roscoe Tanner. It went to a fifth set and I think it finished around one or two in the morning. So that was my first introduction to big time tennis. And Alicia? The first match I ever recall watching was actually one where I was there in person in Beijing for the Olympics. Uh, me and Rob, he's my dad, <laughs> we went to watch Roger Federer play James Blake. Blake. I always call him, say his name wrong. Uh, but all that I really remember from that was Federer lost and it was pouring rain and we had to wear those big old rain ponchos. That's all I remember because I was six. We, we had about six hours of rain delay before the skies finally cleared up and then they cleared up the courts and we got to watch a bit of tennis. So it was Roger Federer, James Blake and then followed by Venus Williams and who was the other player? Did we watch that? Yeah, we watched some I of it. I have no memory of that. Before I had to drag you out. Alicia was eight that. at the time. Oh, six. Six even. <laughs> I do not remember that. Yeah, we, we were watched half Venus asleep. Williams. We watched Venus Williams. I thought we only watched Federer and the other guy. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> yep. So I do not anyway, that's that. her first memory of tennis. We I've grown so, up just watching it. Australian Open every year because I don't know what to call you. Robert <laughs> likes tennis. So I grew up watching the Australian Open. Didn't really get into it until I was probably more like 12, 13, 14. And that's when I started watching it more often. And then it wasn't until I discovered my true favourite tennis player, Angie Kerber, that I really got into following tennis the whole year round. And that just by following her, I've followed others and got other favourites as well. And we've also played a fair bit of tennis ourselves, but just socially, no competitive Not stuff. Not even socially, it's just with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a bit of fun. <laughs> I always dreamed of being a pro tennis player, but I ended up playing professional beach volleyball. And back in the early days, my favourite players were John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, and then a bit later, Ivan Lendl and Australia's Pat Cash. So I remember Cash and Lendl playing the 1987 Wimbledon final where I was up all night watching that. And You're then later came sound so old. Pat Rafter, <laughs> Leighton Hewitt. So basically I follow oh, I the Australian him. players. So yeah. <laughs> you make yourself sound so old when you're talking about all these players that I don't really know. Oh, I am getting a bit old. <laughs> Yep. I also love following the Davis Cup matches, some classics in the 80s, and that Pat Cash win at Kuyong. I remember him leaping in the air after winning that. Uh, so, as a keen follower, I drove all night up to Brisbane to watch the Davis Cup Australia versus Mexico back in the 80s as well. So, what will we get from this podcast? We like to focus on Australian players, but not exclusively Australian players, but Alicia hates that. She oh, likes don't to, say that! <laughs> she likes to focus more on the international flavour of tennis. It's more exciting. Specifically Angie. Well, 
anyone in general. But my favourites... Uh... It's not Gabby, it's Garby. Oh, Garby. My favourites are... And, oh, I do like some Australians. I like Tom, Lan Tom, Tom Lanovich, Gavrilova, Stosa. Millie. Milman. But my favourites are Roger Federer and Angelique Kerber. But we in this podcast, we will be just talking about tennis, what's happening, some of our opinions on significant events. And next week, of course, we've got the Australian Open Grand Slam. That's if you're listening to it. As it comes out. As it comes out. Otherwise... It's happened. It's already <laughs> happened. I'm a photographer and I started photographing some of the ITF tournaments in Canberra and the Challenger events, ATP ones. And from that, I got the interest of covering tennis a bit more. Well, no, actually... I've loved covering tennis. I actually wrote an article that was published on the WTA tennis site about the Fed Cup quite some time ago. I also had a tennis website called tennisfanatic.com. <laughs> you did? I did. <laughs> what happened to that? You, would, you lost your fanatic. I got too busy for that with other things. And then more recently, as I said, I was photographing just the small events. So got involved in following the players a bit more locally. And then one day we were sitting watching the Australian Open and what did Alicia say? What? Don't you remember? No. And Alicia was watching Angie Kerber and said, oh, I'd really love to meet her in real life. No, 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 that's not how it started. That's how it started. It wasn't the Australian Open. It was what Sydney was it? International. Was it? Because that was more realistic. Oh. Because I thought it's a smaller tournament oh. and Angie had won it that year in 2018 and so I was like that'd be so cool to see her in Sydney because it's close because I didn't want to go to Melbourne because I had never been to Melbourne before and so I wanted to go to the Sydney one and I knew that that next year she'd be defending champions so she'd be a big deal so I wanted to go to that one so that is how Rabisha Tennis as a website was born uh, we wanted to have a platform to be able to get in as media so yeah to get our media accreditation, we had to actually have a website and show that we covered tennis, so that's what we did for about a year. We started writing about tennis almost every day, and then we actually applied and got into the... We applied late. Uh, <laughs> or like at the cutoff, like as late as you could. Actually, it was a day or two late. We applied for the accreditation <laughs> for the Sydney International. It. And then went, uh, oh yeah, we better look at that. Uh, actually got accepted, drove up to Sydney... After having found out about an awesome sounding cruise on Sydney Harbour, which involved the top women's <laughs> players. So that was on at, was it 10? That was the dog, by the way. The uh, dog just made some noise. <laughs> We've got a dog that we're looking after on my lap. Uh, was that 10 o'clock we had to get to nine. the cruise? Nine. Nine, it wasn't that early. No, it was no, definitely, it was no, it was like 9.30. 9.30. 930. 930. So anyway, 9.30 we had to get to the cruise and 9 o'clock the accreditation office open but we were punting on the office actually opening early so we could get our accreditation and luckily it did but the problem was we got there said we're from rabishatennis.com the brilliant <laughs> website that we do and the person looked us up and we weren't on the system someone forgot to enter us after approving our accreditation so the lady kindly entered us into the system it took about half an hour mm, didn't take that long or 15 minutes quite a wait 
just felt longer because we, we were pushing uh, time. And we were pushing time. Then we rushed from Homebush, where the Olympics were held, and that's where the tournament was being played, to Darling Harbour, which is about 10 kilometres, 7 miles, 6 miles, if you don't know Sydney very well. Felt like the longest drive ever. Uh, and then we had to park. And, and then, then we, we got to, to Darling Harbour and found out parking was like, how much? I paid 70 70 dollars for about two hours so we weren't three hours three hours we weren't impressed with that but we didn't have time to go anywhere else got out of the car ran over to where the yacht was positioned and then we got on and waited to see who would actually appear and or did we already know we already knew no, we the only one idea. we didn't know they uh, had announced who it was the only one that was a surprise was Isla Tomjanovic uh, so we had Simona Halep, who was world number one at the time. Sloane Stevens, US Open champion a few years earlier. Petra Kvitova. Mm -hmm. oh, that's the dog again. <laughs> uh, who yes. else did we have? Ashley Barty. Ash Barty, when she was around 19 in the world at the time. Sam Stosa. Uh, Ash Barty, Gavrilova, I think that was it. Anyone yeah, else? Tomjanovic. Tomjanovic. So... What happened there, it was a cruise for media only. There was a couple of photographers on there, a couple of reporters. So we basically had one-on-one -on -one opportunities to photograph them, which was great. And then they had a round table to actually ask questions down on the deck below. And we went on to the Corroboree, which is billed as Australia's most luxurious super yacht, but didn't quite... <laughs> live up to that expectation how I'd oh, imagined I imagined mean, it to be. Yeah, I imagined it to be so much cooler, but when you think about it, it is a boat, so you can't expect it to uh, be that fancy. It was pretty nice, but not like, I expected wow. like fancy, like royal looking, uh, but it was just, it was nice, but not like I wasn't blown away. Uh, but they catered it with food, drinks, and then of course the players, so that was great fun. And Alicia got to finally find out about the round table, like she missed a couple of them, which was a bit of a bummer. And then who did you end up sitting uh, in I with? I did Ashley Barty first and then Sam Stosa, all uh, the other way around. I think it was Ash first, because yeah, I, so. I didn't get a photo of you with her. I think it was Ash first. Uh, so Ash, what was she back then? Number 19. I don't know, but she was wanting, her goal that she's told the people at the table was she wanted to crack the top 10 and hopefully go deeper in the slams and then I think that was the year she ended up winning the French Open and did crack top 10. Yeah that was 2019, 2019 so she made it to the French Open and won the final and she won the season ending WTA event and she pocketed something like six million dollars that season. Was she world number one? And she ended up did world number up? one that She year. did. Yeah. She went into 2020. Oh, see, it was all her telling us. Uh, we gave her all so the vibes. She was a bit of an overachiever. Like she was just aiming for top ten. She ended up number one in the world. So, and she wanted to just impressive. go deeper. She said she wanted to make it to like the second week of slams, uh -huh. and she ended up making it to. When did she go at the Australian Open that year? I forget. I think she made the quarters, quarters or the semis, and she lost. Not to, the semis that year. She lost. All I know is she lost to Kvitova. Because she lost to Kvitova in Sydney final and then at that tournament we were at and then they had a rematch and she lost again. Uh, and then from that... I think it was the quarters. We covered the Sydney International that year. 
Angie Kerber was there and we got to sit in on her press conference after she arrived. That it was, was a bit disappointing that fangirl moment. It was a bit disappointing that she wasn't on the cruise, but she did well in the Hopman Cup, which meant she didn't get over to Sydney in time. But uh, we saw her at a press conference, and Alicia was very excited, but couldn't jump up and down and say, "Can I get your <laughs> autograph?" So because hard. we were media. Yeah, I had to act professional, and I was uh, like, mm. "So that was the first day." There was a bit of. Tennis played. That was actually the second. On the was it the second? Oh, when she arrived. Angie was came on Monday. Uh, well, did me. She came over on Sunday, but she did media on Monday. And then we were in the press room writing articles, taking photos, and it was cool. We got to like really watch cool. a match and then come back. And we ride spent it about five hours on the balcony with Gabin Mugarusa. <laughs> Because it was God. raining that day. She sat out on the balcony and she had tuna, I think, she was eating. So I don't know if she left too long, but she withdrew the next day with a with an upset stomach. Gastro. Gastro. And then we that also saw Ash Barty beat Simona Halep. And Ash made it all the way to the final, but unfortunately we had to come home on the Friday night before, because mm. Alicia had to work. But that was a great experience. But then for the Australian Open, we're not a big enough site to get accreditation. <laughs> and also Alicia wanted the fan experience. So we went down to the Australian Open in 2020. And what happened? <laughs> the dog. We met what? The dog. Yeah, he keeps doing that. Yeah, so what happened then? We met, or I met, Angie Kerber got to get a selfie with her and she autographed. I bought some Adidas tennis shoes as soon as we got there before Angie was on. We met her after she practiced and so she signed my shoe and it was brand new, don't worry, I didn't give her some like oh. old stinky shoe. <laughs> it was brand new out of the box. Uh, and selfie yeah, time. got a selfie. Yep. And that was, that was, she was supposed to be outside on the practice court but it was like threatening to rain and we were like she wasn't there and we were like oh no where is she luckily we found her inside at the practice village in melbourne park uh, and then the first day we had rod lave arena tickets so we saw, we saw serena Roger williams yeah Sir him serena i think we saw Osaka against potapova was it no that was serena uh, i don't remember who Osaka played uh, Roger Federer played Steve Johnson. I think so. I'd actually been to the Australian Open back in 1988, the first time they actually had it at the current venue. And crowds weren't anything like they are this time, that time around. It was crazy. Uh, and back then I went for the final four days, great semi-finals, and the final of the men's was Pat Cash and Mats Volander. And it was the first time the roof had, no, the women had the roof closed, I think the day before, Steffi Graf and Chris Evert from memory. But that was 1988. But Pat Cash, Mats back then they didn't want to close the roof unless they really had to, which meant the match was played from 2pm until about 8.30. So it was a long match and then I had to drive home straight after. But... That was my introduction to big time tennis live 
in the stadium and then the next year I went again final four days but it was the complete opposite the worst ever matches I've watched <laughs> Ivan Lendl was playing uh, bit well, harsh that was. Ivan Lendl was playing Miloslav Machir and he got so nervous in the final that he was he serving underarm and it was something like 6-1, 6-2, 6-1 so after that I decided I'm going for the first four days and I did that for a couple of years and then I had a big long gap before I went again and I think 1999 I went and then 2020 was the next time with Alicia. Anyway. We have rambled on a lot about tennis. Uh, it was supposed to just be a quick introduction, but we've ended up talking about lots of stuff. We're signing off from the Rabisha Tennis podcast. If you like what you're hearing, uh, don't forget to subscribe or whatever you do with podcasts these days. <laughs> Add it to your favourite to your, whatever, podcast platform. Whatever you do so you can see when we publish new episodes. Yep. And... We'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. <laughs> See you later.